The smell is positively overwhelming. I'm just trying to figure out how to get out. The house seems so small from the outside, but internally it's like a maze. I'm running by other horrifying scenes in the other rooms with open doors, but I really can't focus on that now. The only thing on my mind is escaping. But then I hear it. The awful roaring and whirring noise. The chainsaw. I have to get out. It's bearing down on me with a terrifying speed. The smell of gas almost strong enough to make me pass out in this confined space. In desperation, I head for the nearest exit, which just so happens to be a pane glass window. I ignore the lacerations on my flesh and I hit the ground running, finding any direction to go. Not only is he after me, but his brother too, and he's closing fast. Suddenly, over the hill, a truck appears, like a beacon on the horizon. We both sprint towards it. However, I realize before him that the truck won't stop so easily, and I lunge out of the way. My pursuer isn't so lucky. I hear a crunching noise as he gets tangled in the wheels. At least he's gone for good. The incessant buzzing gets louder behind me, and I race to the driver for help. He's just as scared as I am when he sees the grotesque figure running towards us. Maybe somebody else will come along. We run around the length of the truck to avoid him, and the truck driver pulls out a wrench from the cab to use defensively. He lobs it directly at the creature's head, and he falls over, cutting his own leg with the saw in the process. This has given us time. Thankfully, another truck has come by this point and narrowly avoids this macabre scene in the middle of the road. Not really caring how I escape, I jump in the back of this new truck and scream for him to drive as fast as he can. As I see everything shrinking in the distance, I can't help but laugh hysterically. It's finally over. The whirring continues as the creature swings the chainsaw wildly in frustration, and the sun sets behind us. I want to hear you scream. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Look at me, Damien. everyone, this is Podcast of the Dead, the podcast about all things horror-related. I'm Zach Palmer. Sitting next to me is Isaac Wright. Hello. And joining us, as always, from the void <laughs> is Chrissy Beetle. All right, lads. Oh, yeah. Uh, this week, we're covering another heavy hitter. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, we're going to talk about some horror news. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we got some, we got some biggins today. <laughs> we got some biggins this week. Oh yeah, the creature from the Black Lagoon is sixty-five. He looks good for his age. <laughs> the man turned sixty-five on on March the fifth. That's really cool. Um, Millicent Fitzpatrick. I think that's her last name. That was a made-up name. You just made that up. <laughs> no, that was the woman who designed him, and she was cool. Oh, that's amazing. And great. And was that was like one of the first women-designed horror characters. Oh, something. wow. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, no, it's That's great. really cool. It's really cool. Uh, which is, you know, what, yesterday was International Women's Day, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. yeah, as of today, which is for us, Saturday, March 9th, <laughs> yeah, yesterday was International Women's Day. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's good that that piece of news is happening now. For sure. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it, it, fortuitous. Tying in it's with 
popping in with some swampy, spooky goodness. <laughs> Adrian Barbeau, who was in the original Swamp Thing movie, is going to be in the Swamp Thing series. Yeah, that and... is being released on DC Universe. So, hell yeah, that is I really. Guess if you can get DC Universe, watch it on there. <laughs> that is really exciting. I don't want to pay for another streaming service. I have so many, but we always <laughs> keep talking about know, that know, we're going to get Shutter. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's just apparently not going to happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> It'll happen at some point. Yeah, no. we will. We will uh, always talk about the benefits of Shutter and all the great things coming on Shutter, but we'll never watch. We'll it. never experience <laughs> those benefits. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no, the interesting thing about Adrienne Barbeau that we found out as we were just doing a little bit of research is she also did the voice of Catwoman on Batman the Animated Series, yes. which was my childhood. So, oh, yeah. super oh, stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Mm, it really pisses me off that they're not doing a Blu-ray. Well, I think I they, you said they, that they, just, they, they just announced it, I think. Correct, yeah, they uh, are coming a, out with one soon. A Blu-ray of Batman the Animated Series, uh, which is Oof. fucking, like, how did it take them that long to put the greatest Batman series ever. I think that it might have been that they wanted to restore it fully and take their time restoring it really well. I hope well. that's why. Yeah, that'd yeah. Me too. I hope it wasn't some stupid whatever, like, <laughs> light licensing nonsense. Or, yeah. You know what's next, then? That means that Batman Beyond is next. Ooh. Oh, I fucking love Batman and Beyond. And I need that because I have to fucking pay for that on Amazon. Yeah. What the fuck is that free on yeah. Amazon? The animated series is. Yeah, the animated fuck. series is available. Uh, uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> Rant. We, we digress. We digress. <laughs> Uh, other news, uh, they revealed the Chucky doll for the new Child's Play movie. And Boo. You got it. Shit. Ah, it's awful. Boo. It's horrible. It's bad. I was saying this beforehand. They didn't make him, like, happy enough to instill <laughs> the same amount of fear. They didn't get the face right. They didn't get the skin tone right. It they looks didn't get like the hair a knockoff. Right. Yeah. It looks Every... like some awful dollar store slash poundland knockoff that you'd buy... And it looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's everything's wrong. <laughs> the eyes are wrong. The the lips are wrong. The hair's wrong. Mm -hmm. Everything's wrong. It just looks bad. I it's mean, not like it, I mean, it's creepy, yes, but it's not creepy in the right way. The only way they can save it is <laughs> is if they get a really good voice. I don't know who's voicing Chucky yet, but if they get a good enough uh, voice Vin, for Vin it. Diesel. Oh God damn it! <laughs> I'll be so angry. They haven't said who's voicing him, have they? I don't think you've said. I don't, think, I don't so. think so. Yeah. No, it's going to be Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> and he always says, I am Groot no, still as Chucky. <laughs> it's going to be The Rock. Oh, I'd be down with Dwayne Johnson doing Chucky. <laughs> I don't know why, but that'd be great. It would be, it'd be great to hear The Rock's voice. Know, his booming voice coming out of this tiny murderous doll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm going to. We're going to start a petition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, also, trailer dropped. Yes, the trailer for Midsommar by Ari Aster, who did Hereditary, which I it... still need to see. But I oh. know Tony Collette got snubbed <laughs> at the Oscars. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah she, I mean... She should have been nominated. That's oh, it's a horror film. Yeah, it's a horror, horror films film. never get it. Yeah. They don't care. The, tra the trailer looks really good. It's, um, it's very Wicker Man-y. I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks very Wicker Man inspired. And yeah, I, I think it's interesting that, like, you know, Hereditary, this, and then there's something else. But the pagan aspect of horror films are coming back a the little witch. bit. The witch. I mean, the witch. The yeah. witch. Yeah, the definitely. Stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That, that, er, that type of horror is coming back, and I actually really dig mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I like pagan stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> it's sure. It's cool. <laughs> it's not as 
explored in horror as it should be. Yeah, and I think part of what it is is because it's like, hey, this exists out there. Right. There are people that just practice it normally and are normal people. There are also some crazies. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I also think along along th those lines, I don't think enough horror movies talk about witches. Yeah, true. No, they do not. Yeah, I mean, there's like The Witch, obviously, and then there's like Blair Witch. Hocus and, Pocus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Suspiria. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Hocus Pocus. That's a good horror film. Uh huh. Absolutely, uh, it is terrifying. Yeah. I, I definitely had nightmares. I don't know if everybody did, but certainly I did. Oh, you man. guys own a Switch. Yes, we do. Yeah, and we do. the exciting thing is, and this is going to be the first time I play it, probably, is <laughs> Friday the 13th, the game, is finally going to be released on Switch, and I'm really excited. Um, we got it for free on PlayStation Network, and I haven't even played it, but I'm going to play it after I purchase it with money yeah. on the Switch. I don't know yeah, what my reason is. <laughs> we talked about this when we talked about Friday the 13th, but we've had it for like six months. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm the only one who's played the game. Yeah, yeah. We've had it for six months. We have this sprawling video game collection. Yeah. And we play video games fairly regularly, and yet Chrissy is the one who's played it, and we haven't. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting, I'm sitting here slogging through Red Dead Redemption. I don't have the time, guys. <laughs> Who has the time? It's fun really. to be Jason, even if you only get to be him when you're doing online matches, right? For like maybe one in every forty turns. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But actually, I, I like the idea of running away from Jason too, though. I mean, yeah. I love the whole premise of the game. In fact, I'm going to make that this week's, uh, or no, my vacation's uh, goal is to play some of that shit because I'm on vacation next week. Play some Friday. Have some fun. <laughs> yep. Kill teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of killing... Uh, it, everything that we talk about really relates to killing. But uh, uh, Cujo is getting a Blu-ray release. Yay! Uh, mm -hmm. So if you ever wanted to see that foamy mouth uh, <laughs> in very high def, 4K uh, foamy mouth, 4K foamy mouth. That's what they should. That's, what <laughs> that's they the should new name of the movie. <laughs> 4K foamy mouth. <laughs> Rated R. Rated R. <laughs> Rated. <laughs> Ready to arf! <laughs> God, fucking stupid. That was a dad joke, I'm that sorry. That was the stupidest thing you've ever said. We said some really stupid shit. Oh. And that was the stupidest thing that's ever happened. Uh, whatever. If it was pirate themed, I would have done the same thing. It's fine, just in a different intonation. Uh, okay, sorry. He's yeah, having an so, aneurysm over here. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Kujo, get a four, uh, a, is it a 4K Blu-ray, or is it just a Blu-ray? It's a Blu-ray, but come on, they'll eventually do a 4K restoration. Yeah. They do with everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. so many pixels, a lot of foam at the mouth, <laughs> slaughter, uh, blood. A lot of dog. A uh, lot of dog, whole lot of dog. Dog slobber as well. Oof. God, it almost just sounds like old, old Yeller if you talk about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King wrote old... Stephen King old wrote old, re just rewrote Old Yeller. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King, Play... you hack. <laughs> Play Cujo and Old Yeller right next to each other. Ooh, see if they like sync up at any point. Yeah, do they sync up at parts? <laughs> and then play like Dark Side of the Moon underneath. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I would... or, may or maybe animals would be the better one Ooh, to play. Yeah. I would quickly like dogs. to retract just, the just statement loop. of calling Stephen King a hack. 
<laughs> just loop dogs underneath the the Pink Floyd song. We're talking uh, we're talking over the hat common enough. He he won't come down on us very hard. Yeah. I just retract that place. statement fine. because, <laughs> as everyone knows, I do love Stephen King. Yeah, it is my official stance that fuck Stephen King. Uh, no. <laughs> but Tommy Knockers exists. I love Tommy Knockers. No, I'm just joking. I love Stephen King. I just want to like incite violence. But fuck Stephen uh, King for writing Rose Red. Oh my god! Oh, definitely fuck Stephen King for writing. <laughs> yeah, Rose let's Red. stop talking about Rose Red. And then, and then being in Rose Red and allowing the miniseries to happen. He was a pizza guy. Oh, yeah, I was about to yeah. He, was a, pizza he man. was a pizza guy in Rose Red. And it's sad that all of us know that. Uh, it's really sad that all of us. Yeah, it's sad that all of us have seen it. Uh, <laughs> so, you, so you said there was a new movie coming out, Chissy, that got delayed a little bit. No, it's not a movie. It's, a, it's, not a, movie. it's, it's a, movie. a game. It's a game. Oh, it's a game. That's right. It's, I forgot. It's I'm a sorry. spooky game. Spooky game. Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. <laughs> partially written by Guillermo del Toro. Uh-huh. It's got it's got Mads Mikkelsen, and it's going to be great, but Hideo Kojima, the creator of Metal Gear Solid, has delayed <clears throat> Death Stranding. I think this is twice now he's delayed it. I know it's been delayed yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Nothing you're saying right now is surprising. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's probably busy listening to like Joy Division to actually make a game. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if it's anything like Metal Gear Solid Five, he's just putting way too much time onto the in-between mission screens to make sure that they all have credit sequences and they all credit him as the director of each yeah, individual but, but mission. Yeah, but unlike MGS Five, this game will be finished. Because Konami don't have him locked in a basement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I sense a sore spot here uh, for both of you. Uh, yeah. yes, I, Speaking H- of Hideo, Konami. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, also, Hideo Kojima, I would say, is like the Hideki Otto of video games. Uh, definitely like pushes things back and like is a perfectionist about everything mm, yeah, yeah. and like has to has to be sure and then it really is never really fully released. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I I don't know. I feel like he has to be personally involved with like every single step of the yeah, process. Yeah, he does. And His wife almost res- left him during MGS two because really? of <laughs> because of how late he'd work, just like perfecting everything on the game. God. God, that must be as a programmer or as a designer or anything. That must it must be terrible to work. Imagine with him. losing your wife over Psycho Mantis. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd, I'd feel okay no remorse. That. I'd feel no remorse at all. <laughs> he understands Liquid me. My wife now. <laughs> he knows the games I play. <laughs> but yeah, no, you did mention yes. Speaking of Konami, um, so Mondo and other Records, things Konami fucked technically. True. Yeah. But um. Mondo Records has just now recently released the OST for Silent Hill 2 on vinyl, and sorry guys, it's already sold out. <laughs> I apologize, <laughs> but keep an eye out for it. It's a, it's, it's a double LP, and it looks really cool, and I don't know why it took Go them so to long Discogs. to release the soundtrack. Discogs a- will probably, yeah. someone will be selling it on Discogs. Yeah. For like $200. True. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, I still don't understand what took them so long to release a PS2 era soundtrack, but I'm glad that they did. It. Yeah. Stop <laughs> questioning it. Just be glad that they did. True. Yeah, just, just be glad that Konami allowed the licensing of Silent Hill to not be for Pachinko. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That would have yeah. been amazing. I need. We need more pachinko machines. Oh, please make a Silent Hill pachinko game. <laughs> they did. Wait, they made a Silent Hill pachinko game? Yeah. I thought they only made a Metal Gear one. No, they did Silent, oh. Hill, Silent Hill and uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. 
They just oh. put different overlays on the back of the machine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> did they put a tiny fog machine inside of the pachinko machine? <laughs> they should have done that. They did. I can't see the balls going anywhere. This game is even more incomprehensible than it was before. It's even more luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all the news we have. Yeah, it's been some news. Yeah, yeah, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Uh, this uh, the movie that we're about to talk about. It's a real good one. I don't know if y'all seen what we're about to talk about as much as we have, but I swear to God, <laughs> let's all just make chainsaw noises as the outro. <laughs> This week we're talking about another heavy hitter. Uh, so the first one, obviously, that we talked about was Friday the 13th. That was episode six. Uh, this week we're <laughs> talking about probably one of the most important horror films in the last 40 years. <laughs> no. We're talking, yeah. and it's actually turning 45 this year. Oh, shit. Sure. Because uh, it's 2019 and it was released in 1974. Yep. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hell yeah. We all live in Texas. We do. Yeah. So it's even more... <laughs> Based on a true story. <laughs> Based on a true story that didn't actually happen. I will tell you a true story. Uh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw... I was talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, was actually the very first horror film I actually sat down and watched. My parents didn't really encourage me watching horror films growing up. And then um, when I was in high school, my my best friend was like, hey, you want to watch this film? And I was scared shitless going in. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched it. I'm like, this isn't so much scary as fucking awesome. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, this film is where I learned the word macabre. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it embodies the word macabre. Exactly. It's also just gross. <laughs> True. Uh, it's, there, it's just. You you can smell that. Yes, yeah. you can smell the movie. It's so gross. It's but that's um, I don't know. That's the whole thing about it. And for 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 my English for our English listeners, it's Texas. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm. Yeah, that is that that is just Texas. Yeah, it's, the smell you mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Texas smells like that movie looks. Uh, <laughs> you, you guys have been to Houston. Oh yeah, no. I'm well, from specifically the area. like mid Texas, like like middle Texas is looks a lot like that movie. Mm, yeah, uh, it's very much like sweaty. Uh, it's a very sweaty yeah. part of Texas. Uh, and I guess it is worth pointing out for English listeners who may have never been stateside that uh, Texas has like four or five distinct regions and climates. Yes. <laughs> like, so this is definitely middle Texas. You go down south, very tropical. You go up north, fucking... I don't even know what to call it up here. Um, yeah, well, Amarillo is really the mo most north. Yeah, right? and then like uh, out west it's were hot, but not sticky right yeah exactly, exactly. like yeah. if you go to houston which is south texas then that's very sticky but if you go up here is north texas is normally 50 percent humidity pretty much the mm -hmm. whole year yeah uh to let you know if you don't understand how large texas is and you live in england or you don't live in texas which is hopefully a lot of you <laughs> uh <laughs> it if we're talking about hours drives from one tip of the top of texas like the panhandle of texas to the very bottom tip of texas it's about a 16 hour drive it's about a 16 hour drive roughly I also it was four hours to you guys and four hours from where i live in hastings is like i can drive 
to like the middle of the country yeah. in four hours. Jeez. Yeah, just to give you a scope of how big Texas is. Yeah, and just kind of like to kind of give you an idea of like if you've seen this movie and it seems like it's the middle of nowhere, that's because there is really nothing else around yeah. because Texas mm-hmm. is so huge. Yeah, <laughs> there, is, there is now. There is there is big old stretches of land in Texas that have fucking nothing. It's, uh, all, it's all privately owned, like ranch land and stuff. inbred people with chainsaws. Yeah, Possibly. but yeah, mostly it's like <laughs> privately owned ranches. A lot of it, a lot, like a lot of the middle parts of Texas is very just, it's all ranch land, mostly. Uh, mm-hmm. Until you get in, out until about West Texas and you get out to El Paso, then you get the cattle ranches that are like really packed with cows. And I will say, everyone will be forgiven for thinking that this is the type of shit the Texans get up to on the daily. Yeah. They're like, it's, yeah. Kind of, it's not too far off. I mean, We're not yeah. all that murderous, but... Yeah. I've eaten people. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, as so Zach was saying... There, there are some influences on this film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first, and first, I do want to. One Texas. Right, yeah. Uh, one of them is from Texas. But I do. First, I want to talk about if you haven't listened to our Black Christmas episode yet, uh, try and listen to that episode because Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas came about the same month, really, mm-hmm. as far as release. And they're both highly influential on slasher films. Yeah, so we absolutely. do talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre just a little bit. In that episode, and the two, uh, to me, are kind of connected as far as like how they formed modern slasher right. films. So definitely, if you want to, you should listen to that episode as well as a companion piece to this. Uh, but like Chrissy was saying, the interesting thing about Texas Chainsaw is that this one actually was kind of influenced by something real. Black Christmas was kind of just its own thing. It was a work of fiction. This right. one... Yeah. Well, Black Christmas was a little bit influenced by that real life thing that True. happened, which we talked about yeah. in that episode. But this was even closer. Uh, so, gonna get a little bit uh, true crime here for a second. Uh, so, a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho and Silence of the Lambs was influenced by uh, the serial killer Ed Gein. Uh, although, if we were going into classification. Uh, yeah, territories. Right. He's technically, he's not, not, a technically not a serial killer because he really only killed two people. Really? Uh, yeah, he was yeah. more of a, gr- a serial grave robber than anything. Oh, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Which is why there's a lot of grave robbery in Texas Chainsaw. True. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, but I I would say that he did kill his brother. So technically, I would say that he's a serial killer. There's no outright proof that he killed his brother. But I think he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they, the, everyone says, like, a lot of the people who've studied the case say that it's it's a Cain and Abel situation. Right, exactly. Yeah. So a little bit of a background on Ed Gein, and this will help illuminate some of the stuff in Psycho. Uh, he was very much a mama's boy, uh, Ed Ooh. Gein, and then when his mom died, he basically didn't know what to do with himself, and he went crazy. Uh, and he uh, started yeah. he started grave robbing. He had, a, like, an obsession with uh like skin and women's specifically skin specifically women's skin and like women's like parts uh so he did a lot of grave robbing he would take the skin and he would make stuff out of the skin like couches and like lampshades and Luggage. he had he had a whole <laughs> he had a whole box of vaginas the belts oh, of nipples gosh. yeah oh yeah he had a nipple belt uh, that was a big. That was one of the big ones. Oh he had a belt of nipples, uh, and then one of the women that he killed. I think it was the bartender that he killed. He mm-hmm. had her face in a bag, in like a brown paper bag. Yeah, yeah. he also had the other woman he killed. He just had her head in a burlap sack. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he just he was uh he was a sick man. Uh, <laughs> he also had a corset. 
made of made of a uh, women's skin. Fuck. Yeah. He was he was one of the few serial killers who was not executed. He actually was sent straight to a mental asylum. Really? Uh, pretty much. Where he died. Right. He, yeah, he died in the mental asylum. He was happy in the mental asylum, actually. I was about to say, it sounds uh, like that at least they gave him help. It sucks yeah. that he killed people beforehand, yeah. but it, no, he it's was good just... that they actually legitimately saw that you are crazy. You're not necessarily right. maliciously crazy. Yeah. It's just that's how your craziness yeah. no, presents. No, he was totally insane. Now, where some of these other serial killers like Ted Bundy or Richard Ramirez or something like that. They're really calculating. They, they're they're yeah. very calculated. They've basically proven that they're not insane. Mm -hmm. But Ed Gein didn't really, there didn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to a lot of the stuff he did. I mean, uh, maybe it's because he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we trying to? Are we gonna shift from New Jersey to shitting on yeah, Wisconsin yeah, now? Hold on, yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he didn't like a lot of they. He basically said when he was interviewed, like about all the grave robbings that he did, is that he did a lot of things in a daze and he didn't like remember a lot of what yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he just yeah he didn't remember anything. Right. It was mostly just like he went into a trance. Uh, and he would go out at night, and he would rob a grave, he'd come back, and he'd just be like, oh, what did I do? A, a couple times he actually tried to rebury the body. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Now, see, I, I'll, I'll preface what I'm about to say with the fact that I, I'm not super into serial killer stuff and true crime stuff most of the time. That's not really my bag. I do like fic fiction and film. I like film a lot because you can dissect it. But he, he, learning all this, some of this stuff I've learned just now, like... I don't know that he just sounds a lot different than a lot of the other serial killers. Cause no, I, he I, is. I, he is. I, env yeah. I envision a serial killer to be <clears throat> very manipulative and very calculating mm. and very, I know what I'm doing is wrong and I love doing wrong things and I'm going to keep doing it till I get caught. Right. This definitely sounds like just a mentally sick individual oh, yeah. and like, he ain't no Zodiac. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not Ted Cruz. Oh, <laughs> oh. Zing. <laughs> also from Texas, so I don't know how to feel about that. But anyway, I don't know. It's just I there. You can actually relate to Ed Gein almost to a certain degree. In, you know in what a I certain mean? way, I mean, yeah. in, in a certain way, you feel bad for him because yeah. at, at his mom's funeral, he was he was broken. Mm -hmm. He was a bawling baby, just saying, "Oh, my dear mother," you know, yeah. like. You know, you feel for him in a strange way. Yeah, because uh, you're like, I'm, it sucks that you couldn't handle that grief. Right. And then yeah. had to do these awful things. And, and it things. had to manifest yeah. in the worst way possible. It's like, it sh it, the worst part is, I, unfortunately, it, it sounds to me like his mother's at fault for not teaching him proper coping mechanisms. You know what I mean? Uh, that's part of it. And I mean, keeping him too close his, to his mother treated him in a very strange way. Yeah, uh, very highly like protective. Like she yeah. treated him like, oh, like no. it's like it was like a Cinderella situation, yeah. where he was made to do everything and kind of did everything for his mom, and she was quite highly religious. Oh so no. it's, Yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird situation. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> and then I mean, whenever you see you watch Psycho, you see the influence of Ed Gein on Psycho, and like he was very much a, you know Norman Bates is very much a, a mama's boy, and he had a lot of mental issues because of that. And that, after she died, and that seems yeah. to be like the from what I'm hearing now, that seems to be like the most close to close to reality portrayal yes. of the Ed Gein character. Yeah. His mom is also Psycho. used right. to punish him if he made friends at school. Oh yes. no, yeah. Yeah, really, Jeez. his only friend was his mom and kind of his brother. Um, yeah. But then when his brother left, <laughs> supposedly, that, that's oh. when he went 
He went on a little. The, 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 when he was left to his own devices. Yeah, because yeah. his brother oh. went off and tried to marry someone. Oh no. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is, it just sucks. Uh, also, he's a strange serial killer because he didn't happen in that period of time where we know most of the famous serial killers now. He wasn't in the 70s. Uh, his crimes were find out, found out in, like, 1957. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I always, always thought he was in the 50s. Yeah, so he, he was a very, like, like in-his-own-realm type of serial killer. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't know. It's... It's interesting, and, and like we said, he influenced a lot of films, and we've already talked about Psycho, and of course he influenced uh, Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs, you mm -hmm. know, because Buffalo Bill is still skinny, wears skin. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just like Buffalo Bill, uh, or just like Ed Gein, Buffalo Bill had a, a vest mm -hmm. of uh, lady skin. Uh <laughs> and see, I was going to pose the question, what made Ed Gein such a, a figure that so many movies have been based on but but now just listening to what what y'all have been saying i can understand it now yeah. because yeah. It's, it's a lot more I, I, like sympathetics a word but not the word i really want to use because it, it's just a lot different than you, the way you hear there's enough mystique to it that you can right. tweak it you, like yeah, they you can did do a lot in this more film with it than you can with someone say like dharma or bundy who just straight yeah. up did certain things right mm -hmm. there's a lot more um, it's uh, I kind of look at it as less of a serial killer story, more of like a you know, and like an oddities and like paranormal type story, yeah. kind of like how you you hear about UFOs and Bigfoot and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I think of it as like just another like, whoa, that's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, type it really thing. is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know. I think that's why it caught on. Is and so many people at the time were fascinated mm -hmm. by it. And so many people at the time would just not leave that fucking city alone. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> Plainfield was was yeah. plagued. Oh yeah. gosh! They also yeah. had to unmark. They also had to make sure his grave was unmarked because people were going oh, to that. like visit yeah. it, but not in a or desecrate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, where is Plainview located? Um, Wisconsin. Yeah, oh, that's just right. outside we just said, yeah, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, it's I think it's near. It's in La Crosse County in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think he died in Madison, though. Okay. Yeah, because that's that's where that that mental health facility yeah. was. I think, right? Yeah, I've and never then... heard anything good about Wisconsin. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> uh, they got they have cheese. I don't know. <laughs> God. They have cheese and red letter media. So yeah. where have they localized? Uh, the like where was Psycho localized? Like what? what, what... Psycho was set in. Uh... I don't know where it was supposed to be set. Where was Base Motel supposed to be set? I don't uh, know where it was supposed to be set. It's, it seems like normally like New England, because like fucking um, Sons of the Lambs, that's, yeah. uh, that's also think, up in the northeast. I think it northeast. was supposed yeah. to be amb ambiguous on where it was set because of like, hey, okay. this could be anyone that you know. Yeah, yeah America. Yeah, it was, it's it was just anywhere, America. anywhere middle America. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any town America. Yeah. So it is interesting that for this version, they chose to put it in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting well, choice. Okay, so one of the other influences on this movie, other than Ed Gein, is also uh, a serial killer named Dean Coral. Uh, Dean Coral was, a, he was a, like a Gacy type. He killed like young teenage boys. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was also, uh, he worked at a candy factory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, yeah, that ties in there with the Gacy type. 
Ooh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Oh. Just, yeah. Uh, but Dean Coral was a killer out of Houston. I think he killed 28. Uh, Houston strong, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he killed uh, 28 teenage boys, I believe. Jesus. And he had accomplices, actually. He had uh, two other teenage boys that helped him. Yes. Oh, no. uh, I can't remember what the other one was named, but one of them was called uh, Elmer Wayne Staley, I think was his name. Elmer Wayne Henley and, Jr. and David oh. Owen Brooks. There, yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. He wasn't even there from Houston. He was the 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 dude was from Indiana. Yeah, God. and uh, yeah, so he had accomplices. But I mean, a, a lot of just like that, uh, just having accomplices and having like a group of people like mm, kill yeah. other people. It's kind of like the uh, the Hillside Stranglers. How mm. that was two guys. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's interesting when you see these stories of like. A group of serial killers. Yeah. Coral, yeah. You, you make it almost sound like, and I don't know the specifics, but you make Coral sound more like a Manson type character, where he, he kind of he recruited people that were then like fucked with their mind, and yeah. then was like, "Let's go do this." Oh yeah, he was. He was very much a ringleader, and he, yeah. and he was an army man. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, shit. He was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's probably why it's set in Texas because it's got a little bit of Dean Coral influence mm-hmm. uh, because I was set in Houston, uh, he was from Houston. Yeah, um, and I could see that as far as bringing people together, like the family in Texas Chainsaw yeah. is definitely a gr- a group undergoing some really <laughs> malicious group think. Oh yeah, <laughs> that the worst kind of cult. Very... <laughs> to 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 be an outsider, the the family, the you know the Sawyer family is in the situation. That's a very southern american thing you know to to have the family together and be all to in have a, a clan to be all yeah. in a trade yeah. together right yeah i, mean, yeah. I don't mm. think most families would do murder as their trade but <laughs> yeah <laughs> well but they, their them. trade really their trade really is uh working at the slaughterhouse yeah. that's their trade is that they're they're all slaughterhouse workers mm-hmm. uh but I mean, it's just you know, I mean, like just humans. slaughterhouses in general. That's just like a creepy thing. I honestly wish I would have researched whether or not any slaughterhouse unions got upset over this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like this isn't what we do, guys. <laughs> I mean, there are a whole bunch of movies that, or you know, like films about slaughterhouses that were made True. before yeah. that time, yeah. and uh, I mean. And slaughterhouses have always had one thing in in American culture. Slaughterhouses have always been a source of very gruesome things oh, yeah. because there's that one novel uh i can't think of it now the jungle i believe that yes, talked about the jungle the, yeah, yeah the practices mm-hmm. of slaughterhouses i believe it's like in the 20s and 30s and that caused a lot of regulation because apparently they were just fucking gnarly like we, the we worst conditions abattoirs. Abattoirs? yeah that's what? what you call a slaughterhouse yeah that's what we call so i uh... why <laughs> I don't know England. Probably to make it sound, I guess slaughterhouse sounds very um aggressive. It sounds visceral. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you the know British, how the British Brits need to be a little like more polite. Things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to be a little more polite. Pip, pip, cheerio. I'm gonna go <laughs> lop the head off this cow now. And the armoire, or whatever the fuck you just said it was called. <laughs> a- abattoir, you said it was Yeah. That, I've never fucking heard that Me word before. Neither. Did you just make that up? I think no, you just made that it's up. It's a British thing. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of like the background of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like what it is influenced by and like what kind of like set the groundwork for like the story of mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, it was directed, of course, by Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, Toby Hooper, this was his first film. 
Uh, you know, it was basically almost a student film. That's in a amazing that they let someone do this right yeah. out of the gate as far as filmmaking goes, yeah, you well, know? It, you know, it's sometimes you have, there's a lot of those like visionary type directors that they do horror films for their first film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That because it's easy to do, to do that rather than trying, it's easy to get like a, uh, like a real out there, like fucking wild movie off the ground than it is to get like a regular project off the ground yeah, when it's small true. like that. Mm -hmm. So, and that I, I think Roger Ebert had said something along those lines that uh, like when it came out too. But uh, you know, and this is like in in a line of movies like this, like Night of the Living Dead and Last House on the Left, where it was just kind of like that, uh, basically an exploitation exploitation film. Mm -hmm. Uh, where it was, it was like the director's first attempt at anything, and it was real low budget, and it was very like. And not only was it visceral, and not only was it brutal, but it also had a social commentary at the same time. Because mm -hmm, yeah. there's a social commentary on on in Texas Chainsaw Massacre for a lot of different things. I mean, oh, obviously yeah. slaughterhouses and just like the way we treat animals was, but also just marketing as a true story when it's not a true story. This happened around the time of like Watergate. And mm. I mean, it happened after Watergate, but it was around it was around that that time where everybody was basically distrusting the government. Yeah. So it's just like you know anybody can lie; it doesn't really fucking matter. True. Uh, There's also and, the idea of like the collapse of like the family, right? Mm -hmm. with, yeah. With Texas Chainsaw and like the collapse of, um, like the collapse of a uh, society. Of decency yeah. and morals, yeah, yeah, I would say, because I mean, the whole thing is spur is spurred on by the fact that hey, let's hit, pick up this hitchhiker. Right, what yeah. could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what could go and wrong with this man who looks like someone that you wouldn't trust to give you beer at a music festival? <laughs> yeah, and and, <laughs> and, and I would gr group those three movies together. I would group this in Last House on the Left and in Night of the Living Dead all in kind of yeah. the same group because they they all came out. They're all they're all low budget. They're all the first attempts uh, by a director, and they're all like a visceral horror film. Uh, and they all came out in the period of the Vietnam War. Mm. Uh, they yeah. all came out in, in that period where everybody was kind of. Uh, disaffected youth essentially mm -hmm. uh you know uh the, everybody was uh anti-war because it was just like what's the fucking point of us even being there uh it's it, you know it's just all that together and they all have a social commentary uh at, in in some way or another uh so this is kind of like the one that kind of uh was the most successful one, I think. Was mm -hmm. was Night of the Living Dead more successful than this? I'm not actually sure. I think sure, Night of but... the Living Dead may be more successful. Yeah. But this is always up... credited as like one of the most influential movies, regardless of the genre ever made. That's true, yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, Toby Hooper, he took a lot of he took a lot of risks here. Oh yeah. Uh, there was there was a lot of things that he did that carried over into films after this. Uh, there's, I mean, obviously we'll get in, in into it later, but the music. Uh, which there is kind of music, but not really. It's more of like a, a, a music concrete type thing yes. uh, that's going on. There's a lot of symbols, a lot of just dissonance and things going on. Uh, and there, a lot of the camera work is really interesting. He does a lot of um, from the ground shots, yeah, like where he's looking up yeah, in into similar, something. In a similar way that Sam Raimi does. Yeah, right, exactly. I agree. I, yeah. I was about to say, I love that shot in horror. That always does make a very distinct feeling of something looming over you something right. impending doom about right. to happen yeah. so those shots are are really effective and this is one of the first ones that i remember seeing as far as in that time period yeah. that really utilized it to this extent yeah yeah he does a lot of like camera on the ground shots where he's looking up mm -hmm. into 
something or he does he does a lot that very opening shot with the bodies that are being displayed mm. where he has like the lens flare mm-hmm. like from the sun behind oh, the, yeah. the monument and stuff mm. and where it's kind of like a, a from the ground shot almost it's like at an angle uh he does that a lot especially when um I'm bad with names in this one. The where, where she go the red shorts. Oh, uh, where she where she Pam. walks into the house. Yeah, Pam. Where she walks into the house. There's a lot of and it, it's from yeah. There is a lot of ass shots. Uh, and where it the camera the camera comes underneath the bench. Oh, to yeah. Her in. that's right. Yeah. yeah, it's a really really good shot. And there's a lot of like he did a lot of interesting stuff. Like a lot of the camera work in this is really good. And I I you know you got to credit that to Toby. But he was also working on the thinnest shoestring budget um no budget so the the original budget for this film the original budget that they did end up going over in editing not necessarily in shooting was sixty thousand dollars in 1974 that's insane now it's 1974 dollars adjusted for inflation it's about four hundred and three thousand, somewhere in that range uh but yeah it's it's uh they were working on the tiniest little budget on this thing and it was it paid off in spades. And I was about to say, yeah, no, I mean they made countries. Yeah, True. it did. Australia, <laughs> fuck Australia. Australia, Australia, Australia bans fucking everything. Yeah, that's true. They, Australia is notoriously. They cut out everything from Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Yeah. They fucking just won't release some games because they're too violent. It's, it's all kinds of bullshit over there. But yeah. regardless, it's amazing how good they made this film look with almost nothing. Yeah, because. Yeah. Everything about it looks amazing. The costumes, yeah. like Leatherface, looks fucking terrifying. Awful. He's yeah. pretty. Awful. <laughs> when he gets his lady mask on, he's a pretty woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like so much about this film, and it's funny that they really kind of kept within budget when they were shooting, and they did yeah. all this stuff. It wasn't until they got to the editing that they got out. It's of budget. because they Which cut out strange. a lot yeah. of gore because um, Hooper yeah. wanted to try and make it like. Not a P, like maybe like a PG or like a PG thirteen, yeah. and that's why it's more inferred. He, he took yeah, he took a lot of gore out purposely. I'm wondering yeah. when this came out relative to when Clockwork Orange came out because that was one of the first like like widely released films that had an X rating. Mm. That was back when well, the X rating was still a thing. This but I got think an a lot R of people rating, knew that didn't get an X. Did it really? I I I thought when certain it first cuts came... of it got an X rating, yeah. depending on what country it was. Yeah, uh, I remember reading that. Yeah, there was. A, I mean, when they tried to release it in Australia, they tried to release it in Australia twice, mm. and they did like a really shortcut of it where it was even more toned down, and they still didn't want it. But Jeez. they were basically they refused to rate it mm. essentially in Australia. They were just like, we won't even look at it. We yeah. don't even care. <laughs> uh, Which is uh, strange, consider. Well, I'm not going to go into the history of Australia, but it's strange that they're the ones that are all yeah. prudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of like a. I think it's like they're trying to. It's a swing of the pendulum type thing. I but, guess. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but Clockwork Orange was 1971, by the way. Okay. Um. So, so a little bit three before, years before. Yeah, this. a little bit before this. So I have a feeling because of the backlash against how ultra violent. Yeah. Clockwork Orange was, they probably wanted to tone this down to make sure it reached more of an audience. Well, in Clockwork Orange, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's is also kind of like a different category of film. As in, yeah. It's it's like that that commentary on, on masculine violence specifically. Yeah. Like it's it's like uh Fight Club. They're kind of like they're similar oh, yeah. films in like their intent. You mm-hmm. know yeah. what I mean? Definitely, definitely. So uh I don't know, it's it they're it's different things entirely. Something uh interesting about Leatherface. Gunnar Hansen, who unfortunately is also is also mm-hmm. no longer with us. He 
start, he uh, visited and like visited special needs children's homes and studied them mm-hmm. on how, and that's how he got his mannerisms for Leatherface. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, because he he feel he, he he felt that Leatherface was uh, basically had uh, mental disabilities. Uh, and that was like that's that's what he he studied. He was like, I need to get the correct mannerisms, and I think that's going to uh, give me a better performance. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean. And, and that yeah. says something that that lends a lot to the role. You can see that lends a lot to the role. And on top of that, I think that's really good considering this is an Ed Gein inspired thing. Who is someone who's also was also mentally damaged. Mm, yeah. So he was going about this the right way, and it pays off. I like, think so. it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. His 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 performance as Leatherface is what really carries. The horror, yeah, <laughs> yeah the horror <laughs> of the film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pig noises and the and the just yeah. Oh, he, he, he just the things lad, that he does. Creepy lad. Yeah, mm, yeah. The the chainsaw dance at the end. I mean, oh just yes, I love that. So, so much of it is just perfect. Um, but so uh, Toby Hooper uh really cranked out a great film here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> One of, one of the things we wanted to shine a spotlight on here real quick also is that John Dugan, who, uh, he, you said he played the, the hitchhiker, right? No, he, he played Grandpa. Oh, he, he played Grandpa. Oh, that's yeah, right. He was right. the guy that right. was Grandpa. Okay. Oh, Grandpa. John, John Dugan has a Kickstarter <laughs> going on right now, uh, cause he, uh, um. He's got oral cancer. Oral cancer. Oh, man. Uh, we are going to, we're gonna put that on our Twitter and y'all can uh, donate to the Kickstarter for that if you if you want to. It's still active uh, as of March 9th, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Help uh, out Grandpa, y'all. Help out Grandpa. Help out Grandpa, <laughs> please. Uh, we definitely want to want to put a spotlight on that just because. I mean, he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, his um his wife made his wife made the uh, the thing, and it's not just to pay for his medical bills. It's to help out the family. Right. It's you know to to help them out in this time because he had a couple of complications with the surgery. Right. Things started bleeding and. Ugh. Yeah. So help John Dugan out, please. Uh, we'll uh, post that on the Twitter, like we said. Yeah. Uh, so. And the Facebook. Uh, so uh, <laughs> obviously, now that we're talking about John Dugan, we should probably talk about the rest of the cast. Uh, obviously, we we said that uh, Getter Hansen portrays Leatherface. Uh. The one of the the more memorable uh, cast that's not like the main the kids essentially is uh, Edwin Neal. Uh, he portray, portrays the hitchhiker, uh, which you know he's <laughs> Nubbins, good old Nubbins. Yes, Nubbins. He's one of my uh, favorite characters in the movie. Other than other than Silas, like, yeah. fucking, she, he's my favorite. No- <laughs> <laughs> Nubbins, uh, I don't know. Nubbins is a great that whole scene in the van. Oh yeah. Oh my god. That sets the whole tone for the entire film. You know what you're I like, mean? You're like, yeah, this is a horror film. Oh, this is a oh, horror oh, film. Yeah. Oh, this uh, yeah. guy's doing this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are we cool with this? Do we kick him out now? What's going on, guys? <laughs> like, they let him get away with so much stuff. I know. They, they really they do. do. They just they just like let him go. They like <laughs> released him from a cage and then they just let him go on set. Like shoot <laughs> her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been me in that yeah. van. Yeah. Fucking Kevin shoot just him. bought the damn photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but the other the other uh obviously the the final girl in this who uh is Marilyn Burns, who plays mm-hmm. Sally uh in this, and Sally, of course, as we'll talk about later, is kind of a prototype final girl. Uh, that we find in most every slasher film yeah. ever made. 
but the thing was, is a lot of the cast was sourced from Texas, from sourced from Central Texas. It's a lot of yeah. nobodies that they found in Texas. They were like, hey, uh, let's make a movie. It's a horror movie. <laughs> Man, I wish someone yeah, would do that to me for real. <laughs> do some things in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Texas. Uh, everybody was dying and they were doing it in Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Texas band, Texas pun, everything's yeah. cool, guys. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Butthole surfers. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, a lot, the cast uh, really, I mean, there's so many things that I, I don't feel like necessarily the cast is what carries this film. Uh, I would say that it's really kind of the atmosphere and the way everything is like shot and the yeah. way everything's presented to you. That's what really carries the film. But the cast makes it believable. I mean, they're all pretty good performances. I would say, uh, yeah, camera, sound, sets. Yeah, That's what yes. makes this film the film that it is. Like, the right. actors are great. The acting is amazing. I wouldn't change anything. But it's the setting. It's how everything looks and the sounds. The only thing I'd mildly change is how... How Franklin is portrayed, but also it's the seventies and yeah. disabilities, and mm -hmm. yeah. I don't and know. I guess there's also a comment there on how they're treating a disabled character, well, how, yeah. the, how the able people are treating the disabled. Well, yeah, and this would be a time period where a lot of like disabled vets are coming back, uh, mm. coming back to America after being in Vietnam, and like how it may be a commentary on how they're being treated at the time. True, I think that's, yeah. uh, that yeah. that would. I think that resonates. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I've never <laughs> like, yeah, he's whiny, but at the same time, it's like, I would whine too. I'd whine all the time. If this were the situation I found I whined myself the entire in. time I was in Texas. He <laughs> yeah. was only whining about the heat. And I yeah. understand that. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean the, that actor and that portrayal, I mean, they also don't treat him very well, but I mean, yeah, they don't, that's, but uh, I mean, I think that's the point. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you feel weird about it watching it now, but mm -hmm. I mean, you really do. But at the same time, I mean, it's a part of this movie, and yeah, and it is part of that American time that yeah, I mean, disabled people weren't treated very yeah. well for I a think, long time. I think a lot of it's just mm, commentary. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially still... anyone with mental illness. So I mean, oh, you could, you could yeah. pull, pull that into it too. I but... mean, I can't tell you the. I mean, I mean, everybody knows like the amount, like the percentage. Of homeless people that are, you know, mentally unwell, yeah. and like we're mm. released from mental health facilities, and we're never uh, taken uh, proper care of. Yeah, never know? given like, proper medication, never given proper like care procedures, yeah. never like admitted to any kind of institution. Just like set with a bus pass and a bag of clothes, yeah. and yeah. just go. Just another fucking tragedy that this nation has birthed. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, but. <laughs> That's a discussion for a Yay, different episode. America. Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's get back on track, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we, we mentioned sound design a little bit, uh, obviously a couple times already, but uh, the sound design in this is spectacular. It is it's, phenomenal. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I made the comment last night. I was like, what was the music like in this? I don't really remember. Yeah. And everyone's like, there, there's just not, a, there's no music. There was no it's music. fucking yeah. industrial sound. There was no music. Like, I mean, there was like... Scrapings. True. There was scraping sounds. There was a lot of symbols. Uh, there was discordant. Right. Do it's we th do we think a water phone was used at any point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think a water phone. Well, no, I don't think a water phone was oh, used at all. Uh, missed opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes you uncomfortable, especially in like the situations where they use what I'm going to call the theme. 
And you guys know that sound, like yeah. the, 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 like the, not the violin, I'm going to say violin, but it's not violin. I know it's like what you're the, talking that about. That scraping yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that yeah. fucking scraping noise, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Especially uh, yeah. when they edit Sally's scream into oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like they, they audio manipulate it and it's Sally scream becomes that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh, love yeah. that part. Oh. I do love that part. Oh, so, so uncomfortable. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like, it's not even just the quote unquote music, mm. uh, but it's also just like the sounds that happen. Yeah. Like at the very beginning, the very beginning before, like where it's black and there's being, there's pictures being taken at the very opening of the mm-hmm. film, uh, just the meat sounds, yeah. the, the cutting, the cutting, chopping noises, like mm. that. The slurb noises. Yeah, yeah. That's, that alone is enough to make you shit your pants. Like, <laughs> Another then, thing I liked was the yeah. lack of sound during certain moments. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah, like good horror movie lack of sound. I feel like we've talked about that before. A good horror movie knows how to be quiet. And it, this does that. Yeah. Except when there's a chainsaw. Right. <laughs> but you've never been more scared of a chainsaw sound in your life. No. Like, like, you know, it's uh... like you hear that and you're just like, well, that's it. That's the end. Bruce Campbell <laughs> made me comfortable with chainsaw noises. Leatherface yeah. made me remember. No, they're not for good. Yeah. <laughs> they're not good things. They're bad things. I don't like them. Uh, chainsaw <laughs> is a double chained chainsaw. Uh, double edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Campbell oh. makes them look cool. Leatherface <laughs> makes them look shit your pants scary. Yeah. They're and bad. also to people who draw. Pictures of Jason Voorhees with the leather face with 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 the fucking chainsaw. Please don't. Yeah, please, please, come on now. Have some have some dignity. Get your horror icons right, you <laughs> absolute plebeian. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so sound design obviously is very important in this, and it is very atmospheric, and it's very important to how you perceive the film and how everything is just a lot scarier like everything's turned up to 10 yeah uh because of the fucking sounds in this uh like the like when pam like stumbles into that room with all the feathers and the bones and everything and then there's just the chicken clucking and then there's her <laughs> right chicken yeah that yep. yeah it's it's oh god it's horrifying really yeah it does really get all the points down of like those things that make humans uncomfortable you know what i mean all those sounds because audible stuff is a really big part of any horror movie and for this movie to like understand what makes people uncomfortable is a feat unto itself it's like you you can see that they did some research you can see Mm -hmm. that they weren't just trying out to make a movie that was horrifying but out to make a movie that would horrify you it gets you in places that you didn't realize uh, we're in your brain. Mm-hmm. I think is yeah. like, face doesn't speak because that adds the industrial sound sort of in mm-hmm. the sound design. Oh yeah, definitely. That would kill it entirely. I think yeah. just the grunting and the pig noises and all that stuff. That's that's the way it should work. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, you know, other than like sound design and the cinematography in this and how influential that was to other horror films uh the this film also introduced uh really the idea of a final girl i mean uh, and there were there was ideas of final girls before it it's just this solidified i guess this solidifies what we know as a final girl in a sense yeah i, I would as say like so. a modern final girl i mean i know because because Black Christmas doesn't really have a final girl. Everyone just goes back to be to just normal life. You know what I mean? I yeah. almost don't even think I she's mean, a Je- final Jess girl. Jess is really kind of a final girl. Mm. Uh, obviously, Sally is very much a final girl. And uh, what's her name in uh, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead? 
uh, Barbara yeah. is very very much like a final girl. But I think this is the one where it's like, oh, this is what we now know mm -hmm. as a final girl. Yeah. This is what this yeah. is what everybody is basing it off of is off of Sally. Right. And 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 Chrissy, what you said was really interesting is like she is kind of the prototype for the archetype. Yeah. Because she doesn't really fight back. She's not aggressive. She is kind of more in distress most of the time right. and you, scared shitless. If you compare her to compare her to Alice from Friday the thirteenth, our other uh -huh. our other one of the big four, or compare her to yeah. Laurie, or compare her to Nancy. They all mm, fight back. Yeah. They all try. Exactly. Sally never really tries to attack Leatherface, or she tries to attack to Nubbins, or yeah. tries to attack Grandpa or anyone. Yeah, she just she's kind very of, reactionary. She just kind of runs. She knows to get out of there yeah. and away yeah. from the situation then, rather than confront her attacker. Right, and then interestingly, Jess is kind of somewhere in between. Yeah. Jess is definitely fought back, but was also just like, "I need to leave." Yeah, she's like, "Police help, please." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's Jess from Black Christmas, by yeah. the way. Yeah, and I guess um, also with Sally, is I guess she knows how. Des like how because of where they are, she knows that if she calls for help, she's not going to get it. And at this right. point, you know, she's gone to a dude for help. She's mm -hmm. gone to 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 the old man for help, and then she's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, oh no, he's a bad guy too." <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So she she is very much like yeah, she's not fighting back, but she is very aware. That oh fuck this is bad this is bad this is bad please yeah. help please help please help yeah. and just basically is approaching it from yeah just sheer fear yeah which is what I feel like you're supposed to feel for her right. and you're supposed to feel from watching the film yeah so it almost puts you in her shoes to a certain degree and I think that's really what any good horror movie it's, should do it's really it's a primal movie and like the sense of like all those really close up shots of her eye oh yeah like where you're you're supposed to like this is like the the distilled pure essence of fear in somebody yeah. and this yeah. is what this is why she is just completely reactionary at this point and she's just like she doesn't care she got hit in the head she just she's bleeding <laughs> she doesn't care she's that screaming. she jumped out of two windows with yeah. terrible yeah. terrible like landings yeah. And, yeah, one of the landings in this, I remember watching it last time. One of the landings is awkward as no, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she has lacerations everywhere. She's yeah. just like, I don't give a fuck. She's like 800% adrenaline. Yeah. Like, just, she knows that she's gonna leave. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bye. And that's, that's why, yeah, and that's kind of like, that's. I think that's why so many slasher films made the final girl a trope is mm. because by the end, it's all adrenaline. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's 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 how ideally a slasher film should be is at the end it's just ramped up to 300, you know what I mean? It's just it's just complete chaos at the end uh and you're just trying to survive at it's, that point. They de definitely a, a slasher film like takes the idea of having a climax of the story mm. and just solidifies it past any other medium that I think you can think of cuz right. yeah, it all comes to a head and then it doesn't yeah. end. Like it stays right. at climax until right. like credits roll. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> takes the climax and goes all the way until the end. Yeah. <laughs> Just turns it up all the way until the end. Mm. Uh, so, 
uh, Sally, obviously, prototype final girl, but there are, some of the other characters in here are kind of uh, interesting to look at, too. One of the main things I was going to mention about uh, the characters and the family in, in this, you know that they took this shit for Resident Evil 7. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is 100%. A little bit hills have eyes, but that scene at the at the table at the end with Grandpa, you know what I mean? That yeah. table looks oh, identical to the what they rendered in Final, Fa not Final Fantasy, Resident Evil 7. things to watch. It yeah. is. Because of and... the way all the characters interact with each other. Yeah. Right. And then you put VR on that like Resident Evil 7 did. It's like, okay, never mind. I just, I just want to go home. Can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fun. Yeah. I, the dinner table scene, and I don't want to uh, analyze it too deep, but it's almost like looking into like the the downfall of like the nuclear family yeah. in like a way it's like the most twisted version yeah. of a family you can think of obviously it's like let's take the idea of family and just destroy that entirely rebuild it from the ground up and this is like what alternate universe families would be like if they ate people and especially <laughs> if you think about but they're still it. dysfunctional they they still fight within each other yeah if you think about it, the only woman as well that you see family-wise is the skeleton of you can't tell if that's their mother or if that's grandma yeah. That's, yeah. that's they don't just, uh, either, I mean, it's they? probably both, because <laughs> inbreeding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the inbreeding is not subtle in, in Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, it, it, it's really not, yeah. I, I don't like what they're trying to say about Texas with that, but I'll overlook it because I like the movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like, uh, the, the lack of women I mean, as well. Yeah. True. There's no, yeah, there's no women in the family at all, and if there were women, they're dead yeah. now. Yeah, they're uh, very much dead. And I don't know, there's just something to that, because it's like, it's like the, the I mean, in a way, it's just like the family line's gonna die in, in like, in, in you know, fairly yeah. soon, apparently. Yeah. Especially if they're all, you know, running around with chainsaws and accidentally cut their legs uh, and just bleed to death. They could fall over. Yeah. They fall over onto your chainsaw. I'm, I feel like it might almost have been the elimination of anyone who at any point said, this isn't okay. And they were like, no, I love eating people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. It's interesting to I think that's why they were keeping Sally around. Because if you notice, they were keeping her alive. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because they wanted to to breed her. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There probably there's definitely probably something to that. There's a, an implied uh, breeding stock there. That I mean, it felt creepy to me, like watching it. I mean, they, obviously they, they ended up trying to kill way, her. But... Yeah, yeah. That, only because they wanted to prove Grandpa's prowess with the hammer, yeah. uh, which he did not have, oh, yeah. which he lost entirely. Uh, my hand don't work. Oh. Listen, he tried. He tried. <laughs> he tried his best. That's that's all you can ask. The point is that Grandpa tried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the overarching theme of the movie. Grandpa tried a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, the other characters, like the actual, like, kids, I mean, there's not a real deep analysis there. I mean, they're just kind of like kids. Uh, it, there's The a, horoscope readings, ironically, became right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... Dude, Pam was annoying. Yeah, there's not, like, a know. real deep analysis of any of them. I mean, other than, like, Franklin, I mean, which we already talked about, which he's more of, like, a representation of, like, uh, the way people treat uh, people with disabilities, uh, essentially. Is... Especially Jerry. Because Jerry is being horrible to him. Yeah, Fuck exactly. Jerry. What I was going to say is, yeah, everyone except, like, uh, Sally and... Uh, what... 
what's the other character's name? Um, the guy in the wheelchair. Huh? Oh, Franklin. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Other than Sally and Franklin, everyone else. Yeah, they're the typical horror movie jackass that yeah. you don't really <laughs> identify with, and you kind of you're not hoping to get killed off, but you're like you're gonna die, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's that, fine. It's not like all of the fucking characters in 2009 Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. which you will want to see die all, all of the time. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's like those you they're 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 chainsaw fodder really mm, is, yeah. is all they are. Uh, but Franklin, I, I think, is interesting, and I think obviously Sally is interesting. Mm. I think the yeah. family, the characters of the family, are more interesting. Absolutely, yeah. This and, is this is kind of like Hills Have Eyes in that sense yes, too. Yeah. Because yeah, no, I love the family in the Hills Have Eyes too. They're all just creepy looking and weird, and, and I, it's the same yeah. thing here. I don't, well, and I obviously, don't think you're supposed to care too much about the kids other than Sally. Yeah, you're yeah supposed exactly. to be intrigued by the family. Yeah, and I think obviously that's what Hills Have Eyes like took from this movie. Yes. It was like because uh, Hills Have Eyes came out in '77, so Hill, mm. Hills Have Eyes probably took that idea of like the killer family and it was like, hey, let's put them in the fucking mountains. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, Appalachia. Appalachia. Um, was it in Appalachia? I thought it was in the desert. Oh, uh, I, thought, I can't remember. I can't remember. I think either. it's meant to be like in in, in uh, Utah. West Virginia. <laughs> oh, is it West Virginia? Okay. Um, not West Virginia, but that's where I always assume sort of Im- inbred mountain people are. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, I hope Ash listens to this. I was about to say, that's <laughs> kind of rude to yeah, one of our housemates. But... They, yeah, they're, they're from West Virginia. But they may not disagree. Uh, they <laughs> forgive me. We both like them off map. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the things that we talked about earlier was the budget and how small that was. And just kind of like how that influenced the way this movie looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the big things, obviously, and is... <laughs> yeah, and how it smelt. Uh, yeah, because this, I mean, you got to think, this was a real house. This was mm-hmm. a real house that was, uh, you know, did not have AC in it, because this is designed as a house as one of those... See, so here's here's a little bit of a history lesson in, in old Southern houses. A lot yeah. of, like, the plantation-style houses and ranch-style houses were designed to not have air conditioning, because of the way air was supposed to flow through the house, right. it was designed. It was designed in such a way that it had natural AC, essentially. And see, this is how my childhood house is. Basically, with the way it's constructed is we have what's called a shotgun hallway. This <laughs> hallway, if you have the front door open and the back door open, air just flows through the house and then kind of circulates into each of the rooms, exactly. provided yeah. they're all open. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense for me, definitely, yeah. from growing up like but that. But when you have a bunch of props and people in a house <laughs> and camera crews and all that sort and of lighting. stuff. And, and lighting. And lighting that's making it hotter yeah. than it should be. Especially when you're, you're using what I, they use... Was it sixteen millimeter cameras? Or was it? It was something very low tech for nineteen seventy four. It was something that was not. Uh, I, I remember it just being like a low budget, like basically one step up from a home video camera. So something yeah. that needed. The point is something that needed a lot more light to exactly. make sure everything looked exposed properly. Then you're gonna get some sweaty stuff. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna get some sweaty people. Uh, supposedly these sets smelled very bad uh, yeah. because of just rotting me. Rotting, rotting meat because it used a in lot of real mid meat, of, like mid Texas summer. Yeah, I was yeah, about to it's... say this thing is just cooking in the sun like all day, yeah. you know. And Texas, Texas summers, guys, don't like. I made the yeah. mistake don't like of all. going to Texas in the summer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Texas summers is everything w- that you've heard. Uh, they're incredibly, they're incredibly 
thick and hot. It's like walking into an oven and never leaving. Yeah. Uh, it, especially when you have a fucking house that does not have AC in it. It's the fucking worst thing. Yeah. Like, I can only imagine. I feel really bad for these people. I hope they were staying hydrated. Uh, and it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like you watch it and, and you know that 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 set smells exactly like it looks like it does. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That, smell, that set smells like the decay on the inside. Even though it looks oh. pretty and nice and, you know, white picket fence on the outside. No. That <laughs> house smells like utter shit. So uh, a little small note on the house uh, that this was shot in. It was a real house. Uh, it was uh, it was in La Frontera, which is a I guess a suburb of Round Rock, Texas, which is close to Austin. For right. those who it's, don't know, yeah, much it's about in Austin. that Austin region. Yeah. It's like the outside Austin region, uh, which is right central Texas. Like yeah. Austin's like right in the middle of Texas, basically. Mm. Um, and it, it's they I think they rebuilt the house. They they moved they the moved house it at one point. To, what was yeah. it Kingsland? Yeah, I think Kingsland they moved it to Kingsland, Texas. Got moved. The house got moved to Kingsland, Texas, and now it's a restaurant. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. I mean, but, you Chrissy, can eat people. You were uh, saying that uh, w- which house was it that they used for filming that is now a private residence and they uh, don't like people? The the original place of the house before they they moved slash built the replica. The original place in La Frontera. Uh, people, people go to that house because it's it's basically the same house. You know, yeah. it's built the same. People go there, and they come at you. They do not go there. Do, do not go <laughs> to these people's houses, like this person's house, because as of 2016, someone on like a real estate place was like, "Yes, do not go to this person's house. They will come at you with guns." Yeah. Because they are yeah. sick of people trespassing onto like the ranch to oh. get photos with the house, but and yeah, they 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 threaten people, and, that- and that's probably why they rebuilt the house. Yeah, yeah. As, is they're like, okay, you can go here. Yeah, please don't bother these nice yeah. people. Yeah, but also like you, what you just said. That is very. I know it's a stereotype, that's but that is Texas. very much Texas. That is oh, very is. much Texas. Uh, not yeah. A lot of the things you've heard about Texas are true, uh, unfortunately. But... Many people love guns here and love the opportunity of some idiot stepping on their property to brandish them. Yeah. Oh, there is a. I I don't really like talking about this series that much because it's kind of dumb. But Cyanide and Happiness did a, uh-huh. a, a an episode. They did this the, an animation where they had this guy who was really excited to shoot guns. Uh. Like and he like got like a whole arsenal on, and then by the time he got out downstairs to to the robbers, they'd stolen all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that's like every everybody in yeah. Texas is just like, oh boy, I'm gonna shoot me a robber. Like I don't know. Like yeah. Everybody is so excited to use guns. When I went to Walmart one time, right next to like the beauty, like the beauty face creams that I needed to get, right next to my moisturizer, in like two aisles over was fucking guns. Really? Yeah. That's a weird construction of a Walmart. What the fuck? Normally, sporting goods are all the way on the other side from like the pharmacy and the makeup part. What the fuck? Where where was this? I need where to write a stronger word letter. <laughs> <laughs> Houston. Oh god damn it. Yeah, no, everything's fucked up down there. Uh, <laughs> Houston I, uh, I sucks. think 
<laughs> you just said Houston strong. You can't just do a 180 like that. Hashtag Houston sucks. Uh, <laughs> I really don't like Houston, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to anybody who listens to us that lives in Houston. I just fucking hate There's Houston. Only one of the people that we know that lives in Houston that listens yeah. to us. Houston, Houston. First of all, Houston is fucking way too big. And they agree. It takes, it takes an hour to get anywhere. Uh, it, it, Houston is gigantic. You look at the skyline, and it's like sixty miles of skyline. Oh like it's God. fucking huge. It's like a Gotham-sized city, and probably Houston sucks as much as the reboots do of this film. True. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was a great segue. Yeah. You are about to go off on a rant about Houston for oh, the I next really 30 minutes. I really was. Thank you for stopping that in tracks. Uh, we don't need a Houston one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, there is a lot of reboots to this film. There's way too many. It's really hard to keep track. Yeah, because I was just reading it just a second ago trying to find the gross and the, the budget for this film. And it was like, did you mean the one for 2003? Or did you mean the one from 2007? Or did you mean <laughs> this one is just called Leatherface? I don't know what that one's about, but whatever. <laughs> like, there's so it spawned a franchise in a way that few other horror movies do where mm. it had like a core group of sequels. But then other people came on. I was like, "Oh no, I can do this movie better!" And everyone was sitting there muttering, "No, no, you can't. Please don't try." And they did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is there. Yeah, there is a like a a core trilogy. The core trilogy, mm. of course, was Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, two, and then Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Mm-hmm. So those and, and Toby Hooper directed the first two. Okay. Uh, yeah. And and if you haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, which we will cover that film as well, we have gotten a request for that We've one. We've gotten so a request we, for it. We we know about yeah. it, guys. We're not ignoring it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre two is very different from this film, but also very good, and you should watch it. Uh, it's, it's very funny. Yeah, you said it was like Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I have a hard time like piecing together in my brain because I'll admit I haven't seen it yet, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and and then. After that, you had Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. Would you ever, if you've never seen the Next Generation, I think I'm pretty sure it's Re- Renee Zellweger's first film. Uh, no, by, by the way, I think it is. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm actually serious. No, 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 no I'm, just, I'm, I'm just smiling because I, I, I'm trying so hard to not do a Star Trek joke. Oh, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was her first film. Uh, it's hmm. not great. Uh, it's not. It's not one of the remakes. Technically, technically, it is part of like the franchise. Still, it's not like one, yeah. of, the, one of the remakes. But it is. Eh, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird one. And then they they fucked it. I don't know why they had to like say like we'll just name it the same thing. Yeah, I hate uh, that. They made the 2003 remake, which is just called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's bad. Uh, you know it, who produced it? Who produced it? Michael Bay. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, totally that's Michael Bay. That's how you know it's bad. Yeah. It was also directed by Marcus Nispel, which did he did the the remake the 2009 Friday the 13th. Oh god. So, so there oh. you go. So that's what and that was also produced by Michael Bay. Yep. Well, God, not, now oh. you know. It all connects. Isn't it? Oh, isn't it interesting it that all these horror movies start with like threadbare budgets and no real direction? You know what I mean? And then cause a phenomenon. And then they get shit remakes. And, but then later on, someone throws a lot of money at it and expects it to be good. Right. And they're like, "You lost the entire essence of what made the original film special." Like, mm. I wish they would stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 2003 remake, there was another Michael Bay-produced film oh. <laughs> called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning. Um, yeah. Oh, prequels? Yeah. Ugh, gross. And, and I think that's the one where... I'm pretty sure that's the one where Leatherface's mom 
is on the butcher room floor, like doing slaughterhouse stuff, and then like has has Leatherface as a baby, like on the floor. Oh, yeah, shut up. I think that or something is... like that, because she doesn't even know she's pregnant. Shut like, up. I'm pretty sure it's that one. I'm pretty oh sure that's, that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I might just look up the synopsis here real quick. Uh, yeah, that is the one. Okay. The whole synopsis says this baby goes on the floor, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, isn't it also like inferred that she like molests him in that one? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many things wrong with that movie. That, that sounds exactly like what they did with Black Christmas. Yeah. If we're, if we're talking about, like, they gave Billy all oh, this bullshit that was like, a two, that, that was direct, that was released in 2006. It was released oh the God. same year. Yeah, it was released Fuck the same year. right off, then. Uh, I know, I don't oh, know hey, what the that, hell they That works, doing. you know, Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw. And it then... is interesting that they were released the same year again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... Oh, both bastardizations of these films were <laughs> yeah. released the same year. Oh, great! I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D was released, and that was yep. uh, 2013. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Two, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. I have not seen. I'm sure it's bad. Uh, I, I can only imagine it's bad. Uh, I've never gotten on the 3D bandwagon, bandwagon, never will. They basically, they're just like, oh yeah, it turns out you're, like, from what I'm looking at synopsis here, it's like, oh, this person goes to the place to get inheritance, and it turns out, oh, you are part of the Sawyer family, and you're a cousin of Leatherface. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Like, and, and, until they start doing horror movies in VR, I don't <laughs> care about 3D. We have Trauma better technology than shitty VR. glasses. Oh, really? Which one? Uh, it was called, like, Heart of Fartness or something. Oh, it wasn't, it was like a fartness? VR Is that what you special. said? Heart, heart of Fartness? Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> I, I love it. I love Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> I want to marry Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh man! And then, and then, like the most recent film that they made was just called Leatherface. Yeah, and that uh, was twenty seventeen. Yeah. Twenty seventeen. That was like also meant to be kind of a reboot prequel. I don't know. They've really fucked this franchise. Yeah, like <laughs> I've never seen a franchise, a horror franchise, so skull fucked. Yeah, by... and, and no, sucks, Halloween. Uh, well, Halloween, Halloween is... has like a comprehensive like storyline though. Yeah. Like, this is just like, hey, let's make another sequel or, or let's make another reboot. Let's make another reboot. Let's make another reboot. Let's make another reboot. Like it's it's just like they're like, we don't know where to go anymore. We don't know what to do with this anymore. We're not sure what the fuck is happening. Yes. At least Halloween, it's like okay, now we're okay. Yeah, now it's twenty years has, later. Yeah. Halloween has clear character development yeah. of Jamie Lee Curtis's character. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you see her grow throughout the years. And like I said, still haven't seen the new one but i i i I, uh, have heard that it's the same one in that she's older and she just wants to fucking take michael out you know what i mean Mm. she's she's gotten to that point so at least halloween you can follow the thread this is like what the fuck is happening (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know the whole thing is a fucking mess and and just trying it's a clusterfuck yeah trying to sort through the texas chainsaw franchise is it's like the kingdom hearts timeline exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a texas chainsaw massacre 2.8 uh, <laughs> you only understand uh leatherface the texas chainsaw massacre 3 if you played the ones on the nintendo 3ds that came before <laughs> it but <laughs> yeah, so all, all the all the the ds uh, that's where the real meat of the story is is all the ds uh, texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> 
Too many quick time events, though. Did one oh my god, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was definitely like the god of war of Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's god, it's bad. Uh, so we we won't really be talking about any of the the remakes or the reboots. I or, want to. Uh, and we'll talk about yeah, we'll talk about the sequel, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, in a later episode. But of course, mm. we want to talk about this one before that because. Um, That'll make sense, right? And it's, yeah. also more, it's also way more important. I mean, like oh, I yeah. said, like I said, as, as as a decent horror fan, like there are there are some things I've seen, some things I haven't seen, but this, like I said, first one I ever watched. I yeah. love mm. this film. Two, never really knew about it. Never really had a desire to see it, just because of my love for the first one. Yeah. Was worried that they might mess it up. Yeah, so. I think you'll enjoy it, too. Yeah, I think you'll like too cool. a lot. Uh, I I think it, the funny thing is we didn't really do a synopsis for this episode because. Uh, if you haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I, I mean, I don't know what is even happening. It's the same thing with Friday the 13th. We did a synopsis on that episode, but we shouldn't even we, we didn't even bother with this one because yeah. there's no fucking point. It's, like, it's so quintessential. If you've yeah. even dipped your toe into the horror genre, someone somewhere has told you, oh, shit, you need to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just like Evil Dead, I feel like. Evil Dead's mm. another one that's like, oh, shit, do you like this type of stuff? Fucking watch Evil Dead, too. Yeah. Like, you have to see it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. this is one of those absolute must-sees. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so what are our favorite moments? I'll go first because I'm kind of basic. It's the van scene. We mm. already talked about yeah. that. Just he takes the picture. They don't want to pay for it. And then he just starts fucking going insane. Starts cutting himself. Starts doing all kinds of stuff. And it immediately sets the tone for the movie. Oh, yeah. Immediately. You know right out the gate that this is going to be some shit. Other side note, favorite scene. I just like when Sally gets in the truck at the end. Mm. I'm just like, you got out! Yay! <laughs> you a- did it, bitch! <laughs> you escaped! <laughs> it's just such a good it. feeling. You're like, sorry. Yes, bitch! <laughs> sorry your brother's dead, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sorry for so many things. Yeah. <laughs> but that's me. Like I said, kind of basic on this one. Mm. I'd say mine is the, um, the shot where Franklin... Where where she's pushing Franklin along, and the 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 underlighting on the leather face mask, like it's that upward shot from Franklin's oh, point yeah. perspective, where yeah. the, the uh-huh. face is there, and it's just like oh yeah, the that part is amazing, and the contrast, of, yeah, oh it's it's a gorgeous shot, and it was just mm-hmm. like I always jump, I know it's coming, but it's just like, oh yeah. Jesus, <laughs> it's like, can man. you imagine like. I, you, if that happened to you, you'd instantly shit your pants. <laughs> yeah, no, think about, think about what if, oh, uh, just hypothetical, what if you were asleep, rolled over, kind of, kind of half awake, eyes open, and that's what you see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Leatherface would be standing over you, and then he's like, what's that smell? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> just, just shit your pants. Again? I'm, I'm trying to work here. These, these aren't okay <laughs> conditions for me to work in. Yeah. Clean yourself off, and then come back and get swatted. I'm calling OSHA. <laughs> <laughs> shut yourself uh, again for god's sake <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my my favorite scene is really just anything that has to do with uh when pam is pulled into that room oh yeah um, yeah yeah but i specifically the scene where she gets pulled into the door yeah. by <laughs> kicking and screaming by leatherface uh, because it's such an iconic shot, and it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> like yeah. the like, yeah, oh my god, they're eating him. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna eat me. <laughs> they're gonna 
yeah. Oh, so many parallels with Charles too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just that like the pure fear that you get from her when you when yeah. you see her being pulled into the doorway and just she's just like, oh no! Like uh, yeah, it, the just, shit's going down. Yep. I just shat. Literally oh, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Those red shorts would have been brown. <laughs> yeah, the, the, throughout most of the prep for this, you were just calling her red shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just like, who's red shorts again? <laughs> shorts. Red, oh. red shorts. Yeah, that's a really good scene. I yeah. mean, that's, it's good. You only ever see her really, you only ever either really see her back or her ass. So, also, <laughs> another moment I love is the shot where she's on the meat hook because. Oh, yeah. The, the, one, the one note I wrote for that was, yikes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the scene where she's in the freezer and she suddenly wakes up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that one's good too. Oh, that's Everything she she got it like bad. She got it real bad. Yeah. <laughs> she like watched uh, what's his name get carved up Kirk. while she was on a yeah Kirk while she was getting hooked <laughs> in the back. Like I don't know. It's so 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 many bad things happened to her. Yeah, a lot of. But yeah, but so many, but just so things. many iconic iconic horror scenes yeah. you know so many... iconic like th like this movie is almost like at that my bloody valentine level of fucking just unique iconic deaths oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. like th i put this and my bloody valentine yeah. very close just together that whole sequence from when uh kirk gets killed to when she's in the freezer is yeah. just like that's a whole mm. the whole thing mm -hmm. is just amazing like yeah. it's just so it's such perfect cinema mm -hmm. in so many different ways yeah. like that where like leatherface just pops out of that doorway and he's like i have a hammer you're dead kirk uh yeah. you know and he just he hits him across the face and just oh god and just like friday the 13th i'll bring up that this is another like drive-in film mm. this oh. is this is like oh, another yeah. just 100 percent drive-in yeah. film just perfect it's a great drive-in film and when you watch it now because of how it's like the way it was shot the 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 ratio was shot mm. in and how it's all black bars still pretty uh -huh. much yeah it feels like you're watching a drive-in yeah film. like even great. when you're sitting at home and just also just like the quality of it feels like a a, a drive-in film. Like mm -hmm. everything about it, it is a, a very much a drive-in film too. Just like Friday the Thirteenth is, mm. uh, which I mean, it seems like a lot of the best horror, like classic horror films, are. <laughs> so, uh, what are our final thoughts on this <laughs> amazing it's, film? Yeah, I love this film. That, that's uh, my final thought. Uh, yeah, one too many spiders. Zero out of ten. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, there were a lot of spiders in that one scene. Yes. Yeah. Ten ton of spiders. Yeah. Um, my, a brimming glass of spiders. My final, my final thoughts are there were so many bones. There were a lot of bones. Yeah. They kind of donated them to Uncle Mus to, to Richard Dunn for the Uncle Muscles for bones. Uh -huh. <laughs> stupid Tim and Eric. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think that the takeaway from this is if if you're listening to this all the way through to this point and you haven't seen this movie, I don't understand your 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 like actions as a person really. Because yeah. you should from like the moment we started talking about it. If you haven't seen it, you should have said that sounds like a movie I want to watch. I'm gonna go watch it. If you're listening to this. Up to this point, you haven't seen it yet. Your level of morbid curiosity is beyond any person I've ever yeah, met. Yeah. <laughs> why are you watching? Why are you listening to to at this point in the pot in our in our episode? Yeah. Why are you listening? And why haven't you just gone and watched Texas Chainsaw? Yeah. Then come back to us. Yeah, and like pause right now. How had well, you come back? Pause. Five minutes. Why would you do this? 
But yeah, no, this is this is this is such a perfect film. Uh, any anyone who loves horror just has to watch mm. it. It just has to get into this movie for everything that it does right, and it does so few things wrong. Like I, I think a lot of times we do give criticism where criticism is necessary, but there's not a lot. It did here. nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, like <laughs> Toby Hooper did nothing God wrong. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But that's 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 what I'll close with. I think. Yeah, I mean. Uh, of course, you know, it was a huge influence on a lot of horror films, a lot of cinema in general, yeah. not even mm-hmm. just horror films. Yeah. Like, there's so much stuff that is influenced by this movie. And, it, you know, it can't be overstated, mm. the amount of influence that it had. Uh, it, it, I mean, slashers probably wouldn't exist without this movie. Right. I mean, let's let's just put yeah. it that way. Um, the, so many power tools. There's, I mean, <laughs> power tools as killing equipment, logging equipment. As killing equipment, we didn't we didn't we didn't do any any research on on how high the still stock price rose after this movie was released. <laughs> yeah. The price of chainsaws skyrocketed. Uh, yeah, but I think that's all we have for this yeah. one. It it speaks for itself, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it, watch it again, Wa- watch it three times or four times. Uh, just keep watching it, guys. Because I've seen a great this movie. movie like twenty yeah. times. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen it a lot. Um, so. Uh, as always, you can catch us on all our social media stuff. I know we're on Facebook and everything. I'm not. I never understand the rest. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. It's all soup to me. <laughs> okay, so Facebook. We're on. Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's just under uh, Podcast of the Dead. Uh, we have a Twitter. It's under at PC of the Dead. Uh, Instagram at PC of the Dead. Uh, we have an email, podcast of the dead at Gmail. Email uh, suggestions, guys. But like, also, like we said, you can just uh, send us a run-on sentence. Yeah. <laughs> True. Just a single run-on sentence that goes for like, it's like 10 pages long. <laughs> That's fine. You can do that, too. Yeah. I'll read it. Please donate to our Patreon so you can pick what porn Zach watches. Maybe you can oh, find yeah. some horrible Leatherface porn. We, we keep saying that we're serious about that and god yes we are uh fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> zach will send his internet history as proof that it was watched and consumed <laughs> i need to come to something unique okay <laughs> really really make it interesting for me fucking please. lobster cosplay scat porn <laughs> 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 if you give us money, I'll do Grandpa it. Grandpa plays <laughs> I'll, I'll find a way. No. I'll find a way. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's patreon.com slash PC of the dead uh, is, is what we're looking for there. Uh, go in. We should probably start putting this at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it at the end, but uh, I get what you're saying. So maybe Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody's tuned off by this. Yeah. Point. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's just a social media shit. We can turn it off. Yeah, we, we already know. <laughs> <laughs> we also don't care. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Bloop. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you are still listening, we love you. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful (laughs) week. Bye. And year and life. Bye, friends. Bye.